Uh, again, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's again a pleasure, it's a privilege for me to be here and can share with you something that I have in my heart. I promised myself that I would not say about my language and speaking English bad in my mistakes, but it's inevitable. And so I, I try to justify again my mistakes. But no, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone because I feel so loved by you. When you're still uh, hearing me day after day and uh, you are here. And you know that I should be here, speaking in the way I speak, trying to say tomato and not tomato, and things like that. But I, I'm trying, and I can tell you that I pray every day asking God to give me this language. Because I, I would like, I would love to share with you, in your language, everything that I have in my heart, in my language. It's so, so wonderful to share the Word of God. And time, time for me is not a problem. If you stay here until the morning, I will be here with you, and I will be speaking. I will be talking. I love to speak. And uh, it's a privilege to be here tonight again to talk with you. Uh, it's a wonderful passage, what we heard now. And thank you, George, again for this one. And uh, this expression, the Lamb of God, we just sing about this. Worthy is the Lamb. And again, I like to question you. I like to bring something to you to think. And uh, how worthy is this lamb for you? Or to you? How worthy really, really is this lamb in our lives? The Gospel of John, or Jesus, according to John, is a wonderful book. Like all the Bible, but this one is special. Do you know, and most of you can use this, is the first one that we share with somebody when they came to Jesus. Is the one that we ask people to read in the first time when they have the Bible in their hands. So it's amazing to have this book in our hands. John, the Apostle of Love, or the Beloved Apostle, as John is called, brings us hundreds of teachings about the Lord Jesus, and about His person, about His desire, His willing, about His task, about His purpose. We could spend years here talking about Jesus, only having like a basis of study and meditation, the book of John, the Gospel of John. Other day I was reading uh, an article by a good author that I like very much, is John Piper. You know him, I'm sure, or maybe some of us. And came across, uh, I came across a comment that filled my heart with joy, and I would like to share this with you. It's just a phrase. Just a phrase that caught my, my attention in my heart. And it is, God is more glorified in us when we are more satisfied in Him. God is more glorified in us when we are more satisfied in Him. How, how does this expression arrives in your heart. Before we properly go to the test that we read here, I would like to go back in this test, in this chapter, chapter 1 of John, and just bring to us some important information about these two Johns that we have here. In verse 14 and 16, we have some expressions very interesting here. John the Apostle, the one who wrote the book, tells us, and the Word, the everlasting God, the everlasting Word, God Himself, became flesh and dwelt among us. 
full of grace and truth, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And the 16 says, For we have all received of his fullness and grace over grace, in my version. Maybe blessing after blessing in others. This is the one that John wrote about. John, divinely, divinely from God, divinely inspired, wrote what he saw with his own eyes. Do you think that we can, by the faith, not with our eyes, join John in this expression and say here, we have seen his glory? It's something that you can say. It's something that you can tell others about your relationship with God. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten of God, who has the same essence of the Father, the God who always existed and was not created. Again, we cannot see Jesus physically like John saw, but in spirit and truth. How is this expression for you? We have seen his glory. Have you seen the glory of God in Jesus Christ in your life? When we see this glory, we receive this grace that we heard here. His fullness in blessing after blessing. While I read these verses in John, I asked myself, what in my life has shown the glory of the only begotten Son of God? In my life. Paulo, what in my life has shown the glory of God to others? How will this glory bring grace, bring blessings to the people around me? How much satisfaction do I have in Christ that can glorifies, glorify sorry, the God Almighty? How is our life before this statement? We have seen His glory, the glory of the begotten Son of God. From verse 19, John, the Apostle yet, tells us the testimony that other John, the Baptist, gives about Jesus. Somebody came to ask him, are you the Messiah? And he said, no, I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. Are you the prophet? Are you someone so important like him? No, I'm not. But he will come. John the Baptist, a little further in verse 29 that we read, John the Baptist states in verse 29 that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says in verse 34 that Jesus is the Son of God. And he testifies this. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only John the Baptist uses this expression to Jesus. The Lamb of God. Only him. We heard about the lamb, we heard about the sacrifices, and for us, I don't know everyone here for long enough to see and to know your background, but how much do we understand about sacrifices? About an animal 
being killed to mean something to anyone. How much our culture understands about sacrifices. How do we can understand that an animal and now somebody died because of my life? How much we can understand about this? Have you seen some sacrifice before? Have you seen a life being taken for some reason? Because of other person? Or because of some reason or other? It's something really strong. And the meaning that people give to that, it's amazing. The lamb was sacrificed to cover the sin of the man. This was what the Jew, the Jewish people know, was the law, was what they understand really, really, really easy. And maybe we cannot do that. Maybe it's hard for us to understand this expression that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And John the Baptist points to Jesus as the reason of his ministry, of his life, of everything that he was there to do. Look at this situation now. Coming to verse 35 to 37. They, those two guys, they were followers of John. Disciples of John. And they just suddenly left him. They simply followed Jesus after John for the second day, for the second time in two days, tell them who were Jesus. First, the Lamb of God who takes the sin away. And second, look, that is the Lamb of God. And those two guys just go before or after Jesus Christ. John understands really clearly that the reason of his ministry was to glorify Jesus. Point all the attention of everyone to Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, Verses 28 to 30, we can see what John says. We don't need to go there. John just said, he must become greater and I must become less. That was the reason of the ministry of John the Baptist. He was there to point to Jesus, to show Jesus to everyone. Jesus was the main important to him, the most important of his life. It was to glorify Jesus Christ. The growth of Jesus must be the reason of our lives, of my life. When Jesus is the reason of our lives, this glorifies God. Jesus is the Lamb who takes the sin away. Jesus is followed as the Lamb of God, as the one that should be followed. The one who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist has already said this in verse 29. And no one day later. And now one day later he do it again. Calling Jesus of Lamb of God. Not anyone. Not just one Lamb. But the Lamb of God. The Lamb that came to change things. John wants to say that finally, at the climax of the people, the Jewish people, Israel, God had sent the final sacrifice for sin that would put an end to all other sacrifices. Jesus, the Lamb, died in our place. 
just as the lamb was sacrificed in the place of the sinner. This could be a good answer to a question made very far back in Genesis. Do you remember the history about Abraham and Isaac? When God just asked Abraham to give his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice to him, to prove his faith. And Abraham took Isaac to a special place, with the wood for the sacrifice, with everything that they needed to do it. And so Isaac made a question, Dad, where is the lamb? Something is missing here. Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? We walked a long way to arrive here. We have the wood, we have the fire, we have the place. But where is the lamb? And Abraham just gives some short answer to him. God will provide, my son. God will provide to himself this lamb. And now I see John pointed to Jesus and telling, Hey, Isaac! Isaac, can you hear me? Here is the lamb. Here is the lamb that God provided to himself. Here is the lamb, Isaac. In the same way that God provided there, and Isaac wasn't sacrificed, God now is providing the lamb to take the sin away of the world. This is the answer not, to, not only to Isaac, but to everyone. There is something deeper here in this Lamb of God. The reason the disciples left John the Baptist and followed Jesus is exclusively because Jesus Christ is the one who can take the sin away. This is the main reason. They, like us today, needed to have their sins forgiven. There was no order from John. We cannot see John telling to them, please follow him. Please go there. But look, he is the Lamb of God. There is no question from the disciples. They didn't argue or ask something to John. I think that just a cross of eyes and John just shake the head and tell, yes, it is. He is the one. The need for salvation prompted those guys to Jesus. In other words, following Jesus for us today is an expression of need. We need Jesus. This is the reason we follow him. We need Jesus. It's an expression of dependence. We need Jesus. We depend on him. As we follow Jesus, we follow him in the way the sheep follow the shepherd. That's what he is. He is the shepherd. He is the one who protects the sheep. We need to be protected. We need to be guided. We must have our sins forgiven. We are weak and he is strong. We are fools and he is wise. We are hungry and he is the bread. We are thirsty and he is the living water. This is Jesus, the one that we need to follow. And when we realize who is the Lamb of God in this world, the Lamb of God, and what He did for us, 
we can see that following Jesus concerns his strength, his goodness, his wisdom, his wisdom, and not ours. We follow Jesus because only he can forgive our sins. To have Jesus as the only one that is able to save us, this glorifies God. This glorifies God. Here we begin to see how in simple in the simple language that John the apostle uses to write this book, we can find the different levels of understanding the words of God, the words of Jesus. Very often we we have seen this before. People speak in a physical level, physical words, material things, and Jesus takes these words and brings them to a height of understanding to the spiritual level. It was like this with Nicodemus, about born again, with the woman in the well, about the living water, and many other ways, in many other moments, they could not understand what Jesus was telling. It's something like us today. We are the generation of the TV, the media, and all the informations that we have around us. And sometimes we cannot understand the spiritual things that are around us. How do we understand the words of Jesus Christ? When Jesus asked to, that, to those two men, What do you want? What do you seek? What are you looking for? Why you are coming after me? He asked in something deeper than the two disciples thought. There were people who followed Jesus searching for the wrong thing. In John 6, Jesus openly says that many were looking for him because of the bread that made them fill their belly, not because of the signs he was making. And we still have in our day people who make the same mistake. They follow Jesus for their wrong motives and wrong motivations. The question Jesus asked the disciples at the time, what do you seek? I believe he asks you and I tonight, you and me. Those men came to Jesus for a reason. Why are we following Jesus? Why are we following Jesus. Do we want to know Him? Do you know Him already? Do we want to learn from Him? Do you want to glorify Him? To have Jesus as the satisfaction of our lives. Everything that we need. Everything that we want. Those men stayed with Jesus for the rest of the day. It doesn't matter the time. They stayed a few hours with the light, and then they saw. Their eyes were open. They were bring from the darkness to light, to life. Their lives were transformed. They have followed the Lamb and have found the Christ, the Messiah. They followed Jesus and they found life. To come to Jesus and surrender myself to Him with all the truth, this glorifies God. Jesus is the Messiah. 
And when we arrive to the finish of the test, we read the verses 40 and 41. These verses show us what this man really saw. What did they find? And the expression of Andrew is, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. The one our parents was waiting. They were waiting. And the parents of our parents. And all the generations before, we found the Messiah. We found him. We found the most important things to us, thing to us. The thing that we wait all our lives. We found, we have found the Messiah. As we have already seen, Jesus begins the communication with those guys with the question, what do you seek? What are you looking for? And now we hear Andrew saying to his brother Simon, we have found the Messiah. They found what they were looking for. They just changed their lives. Those who went with Jesus, spent time with him, heard his words, they saw and found what they were looking for. Did we find? Did we find what we were looking for? There is a song from you too that they sing exactly this. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's a lovely song. I like it. But is this our, our reality? Are we singing the same thing? Are we looking for Jesus in wrong places? In wrong ways? Did we really find Jesus in our lives? To see in Jesus the answer of all our questions, this glorifies God. John the Baptist's satisfaction is living to glorify God. To live to glorify God. Is this the reason of our lives? Can we say to others, we have found life. We have found the reason and the joy of our lives. The happiness that we are looking for, we have found. It's amazing how looking to these words and going further, the testimony of John talking about Jesus, and after that, the testimony of Andrew talking to Simon, we found the Messiah. We found the one that Moses wrote about. The prophets refined themselves before. We have found the Messiah. Are you satisfied in Jesus Christ? Do you think that everything that you live, or the way you live, has glorified God? Has bring glory to God? Can show others what is the satisfaction of your life, the reason, the joy, the happiness, everything that Jesus can bring to us? Did you find the Messiah? This is the question that we have here. And this is the expression of faith and life that John gave to us. Maybe just to challenge you, let you think about this. Is this expression real for you? Come, we found, we have found the Messiah. We found Jesus. 
we have the most important thing for us and we can share with others. May God bless us and guide us in this reality day to day, every second of our lives. Amen. Amen.